0: I'd like for you to read something with me. But before we do that, I just want to remind all the women, if you have not planned to come Friday night, Saturday, at least one or both, I encourage you to do so. It's going to be a tremendous time in God's presence. I believe it's an ordained time. And uh, we're just going to, we're expecting, I know the speaker is a praying woman and an anointed woman, uh, the one coming to help that's going to lead with the team and then share Uh, In music and testimony is going to be powerful. But I'd like for you to read with me off the screen from Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. And I did this more in prayer form because this really is a prayer that Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus. And for where we're heading tonight, I'm just asking you to kind of open your heart and make that a prayer uh, with me. So, Lord, grant me according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with power through your spirit in my inner man. I pray that Christ would dwell in my heart through faith and that I would become rooted and grounded in love so that I may be able to comprehend with all the saints how wide and long and high and deep is your love for us and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that I may be filled with all the fullness of God God, enlarge my capacity to understand your ability as your power continues to work in and through me. Amen. You can be seated. Psalms 118.1 said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Luke 15, and we're going we're gonna to get there in a minute. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have your Bible. But if you do, um, I love to just open those pages and follow along. But last week, almost immediately uh, after service, I felt a really strong urge to remind you of God's love for you. He knows you by name. His seal is upon you as his son and his daughter the Holy Spirit dwells within us. I, I I love this scripture in Romans eight and eleven that says that that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us, giving life to our mortal bodies. There's just something about that living Word that propels us when we're feeling down or weak. Or we're in a silent season to know that no matter what season we're in, He is giving life to our mortal body. And Holy Spirit is daily reminding us of the mercies of God and the faithfulness of God. Some time ago, I ran across this nugget that I put in my treasury of notes. And it simply says that love isn't in the shape of a heart, but a cross. And I love that. In Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, the scripture says, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses in sins, made us alive together with Christ because we've been saved by grace. And he raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I'm going to ask, I have asked Amy, and she's going to come. Uh, There's just a beautiful uh, uh, little blog that I want her to read that we ran across some time ago.
1: So, Amy, come up, if you will. Before we had anything to offer him, before we lifted our voices in praise or our hands to his work, before we opened a Bible or walked into a church building. In fact, even before God created you, he was pursuing you with his love. We don't deserve the love of God. We are gossips and worriers. We are lazy and irritable. We are controlled by our lusts and our appetites. We search for after everything but God. We turn our backs on him at every turn. And still, he comes after us, chasing us, pursuing us with his unending love. His love was announced as a baby in the manger. His love was proven by his body on a cross. In this time, in this place, let us dwell on that love. Let us set aside thoughts of trees and presents and malls and meals and focus on the pursuit of God's love. He is pursuing you right now. He knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. He is close to you, dwelling with you, delighting in you. And he loves you. Today is one more place that he's stopping to remind you of that love. Today is one more place where God is reaching out to you and asking you to drink deep of him and his love for you. No matter where you come from, no matter where you're going in life, or who you may have let down or abandoned, God has sought you out. He has brought you here to say, I love you. I love you.
0: Thank you, Amy. His love is so vast and so powerful. One of the things that Each of us crave more than anything is love. It's been said that um, if, if we're not careful, we'll try to earn it, we'll try to buy it, we'll try to demand it in unhealthy ways. Have you ever seen anybody that was so starved for love that they are willing to do anything to buy it or to earn it? I've also found that if we don't renew our mind with the word and remember who we are in Christ, our unfulfilled expectations for love can cause us to become angry or manipulative or uh, try to get love in the wrong ways. Or we can even go to the other extreme. Sometimes if our expectations aren't fulfilled, we'll, um, we'll... uh, Our emotions will get out of control and we can get into depression or into hopelessness. We'll shut our emotions down. Have you ever known anyone that built walls or shut their emotions down uh, because they just weren't getting what they needed? But there is one who created us, who knows everything about us, and yet he loves us. If we never reciprocate that love, it will not change the way he feels about us. Isn't that powerful? I want you to say this with me, if you will. John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, as I was studying and even reflecting on God's love, our finite minds cannot under, cannot really comprehend or understand his boundless love for us. That's why I love that um, prayer in Ephesians, and I pray it often, I've prayed it here often, but I wanted to put it in that form where you could go back, and when you read that, you'll never read it the same again, because we can't... We can't comprehend that because we're so uh, feeling-based, we're so driven by our emotions that it's hard for us to grasp a God that loves us at all times, no matter what, even when we feel unlovable. Have you ever felt unlovable? It doesn't mean that God is always pleased with our choices or our actions, but he always loves us. If you have children, you've not always been pleased or you're not always pleased with the choices they make. Some, sometimes you worry for their choices. You hurt for them. Um, but you don't quit loving them. Sometimes I feel that maybe when they're making those choices, we may even have a greater love and compassion for them because we know that God has something greater. And they're not living in that potential. And our heart will hurt for that. But one of the most prolific Bible pictures of love is the parable about the prodigal son. And that's why I want us to go to Luke 15. And I want us to read this story. It's a very familiar story. But I want us to look at it again. And it starts in verse 11. "'A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, "'Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me.' "'So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, "'the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, "'and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. "'But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, "'and he began to be in want. "'Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country,' And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself. When he came to himself. That is so powerful. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, father. Father. I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf there and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they begin to be merry. Isn't that a beautiful picture of God's love for us? When he came to himself, when this son who was blessed beyond measure but didn't even realize all that he had in his father's house and he wanted to go live on his own and do it his own way and we're seeing that so much. People buying into the wokeness of today and yet it's just brought them brokenness upon brokenness upon brokenness and bondage upon bondage. And yet God is waiting, looking off in the distance, like many moms and dads are, husbands and wives, waiting for that prodigal to come home. But when he came to himself, do you know that our prayers and God's unrelenting love is what's going to cause people to come to themselves And come home before it's too late. That's why we have to keep looking off. We have to keep praying. We have to keep believing. Because our prayers move the hand of God. And more. This is so hard. We can't comprehend that more than the love we have for a child or a spouse. God loves even more enough that he would lay down his life there's a, strong, a song that describes this parable and so many of our lives and i want you to sing it with me it's an old hymn i i love the hymns of the church i love the new songs but i love the hymns of the church and i want us just acapella to sing this love lifted me i was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained within sinking to rise no more but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me now safe am i Lifted me. There's a modern day version of that song that says, Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the uh, never overwhelming, never ending reckless love of God. And the verse says, when I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. But you have been so, so good to me. And the bridge says, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. I pray that that word reckless is not offensive to you. And I want to tell you why. It's a modern-day version of Love Lifted Me. It reaches the heart of this generation and young people because in no way do I feel like it is saying that God was careless or thoughtless with his love. But there are people that are deep in the trenches. They are bound by things that we can't even comprehend. The darkness is vast People that we know and people that we love. And so if... I'm praying that God pursues them with everything that he has and he sends kingdom connections in their path that'll stop them right where they are and bring back the word that they know, bring back the love of God that they know. And we've got to keep praying because God is moving even when we can't see it, even when we can't feel it, just like when people prayed for us and God pursued us and we created couldn't sleep at night. We didn't feel good about our choices. You know, God is doing the same thing today as we pray for others. In Psalms 139, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God is constantly pursuing us. He's constantly pursuing us. He loves us. Isn't that powerful? That he loves us. I just, I'm so grateful for that. And I pray that we're overwhelmed by that love. Listen to these promises from God's word. Psalm 105. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations psalm 103 17 18 but the love of the lord remains forever with those who fear him this his salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant i want you to grab this if you have wayward children listen His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. We got to stay steadfast. People are looking for us to shake and break and to go with the flow of the world. But when you stand strong, that's why I'm here today. I am here today because of men and women that loved God and they they knew God loved them and they would not compromise them. They loved God to the point that his commands were not burdensome. They loved being in God's presence. They loved being with God's people. It wasn't something that they had to do. They wanted to do it and their face and their countenance and their faith reflected the love of God. It is contagious church. We want to keep our face in his until we shine with that same kind of love and steadfastness in the day that we live because love will cover a multitude of sins. Donald Barnhouse said, love that goes upward is worship, love that goes outward is affection, love that stoops is grace. Max Lucado said, God was known for stooping. He stooped low enough to sleep in a manger, work in a carpentry shop, sleep in a fishing boat. He stooped low enough to rub shoulders with crooks and lepers, low enough to ride in the sand for the woman caught in adultery, low enough to be spat upon, slapped. Nailed and speared, low enough to be buried. And then he stood up from the slab of death, upright in Joseph's tomb and right in Satan's face, embracing us with a grace we do not deserve. He loves us and he loves those that are wayward and he's pursuing them even now. Romans 5 8 says, But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Every one of us this in, in this room, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all come up short come up short. We've all needed help. And I don't know about you, but there are still days I need help. The help of God, the hand of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the peace of God. I have not arrived yet. I'm pushing forward toward that mark, but there are days when I just need God. And I'm so grateful for his love. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 5:19 assures us that just as through the disobedience of one man, many were made sinners. Yet through the obedience of the one man, many will be made righteous. And that is through Jesus Christ. We call on his name and we are saved. Sometimes even after we're saved. We struggle with feeling whole enough or good enough to deserve God's love. Is there anyone in here? You know, you fail. You feel like, whoa, I've really blown it. You feel like God's disappointed in us. The truth of the matter is God's disappointed for us. But he loves us. And he's there to help us and pick us back up. Sin is left in its wake, gaping wounds. Some of them are our own bad decisions. Some are things that we went through that we didn't plan to go through, but it still happened to us. Some are things that have happened to us because of someone else's choices, but it's left wounds. And yet God loved us and he sent a savior, a redeemer, a healer, a deliverer, an advocate, a king, a warrior, a mighty God to restore us. I love this scripture over in Romans 8, 38 and 39. It declares over us, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There's nothing that can separate us. Won't you say that with me? Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. You might be going through a silent season right now and you feel like that God has turned his back on you. He's just allowing you to understand his to stretch your capacity to understand his ability. He has not left you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's going to go with you all the way to the end. But there are facets of his love and facets of his grace and facets of his power that we're not going to just experience because we come to church. There's going to be some trials that we go through and things that happen to us and how we respond and we react and how we trust. Trust in that moment is when God is going to reveal how deep his love is for us. With the gift of God's love and salvation, we've inherited many other gifts as sons and daughters of God. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation Or shadow of turning. These gifts include the gift of grace. The gift of grace. Aren't you thankful for grace? Do you know what grace does for us? It's not our ticket to sin. It's extraordinary power. To live above. This world. And walk in the power and the authority of God. It's not so that we can say, oh, God's given us grace. I'm going to live any way that I want through the week. And then I'll come to church and I'll make things right. We don't understand grace if that's the way we're using it. I'm thankful it's there. I'm thankful for that amazing grace that picked me up one day but that grace is also going to sustain us and it's going to keep us. That gift of grace that He gives because He loves us. He gives us the gift of joy. He bestows that upon us and gives us uh, beauty for ashes and the oil of joy instead of mourning. His joy is our strength. Joy Joy comes in the morning. When we hold on, you may be in a dark place right now, but I want you to hold on because joy will come in the morning. And you'll come out of this place as you trust in God. With a song in your heart, he'll establish your goings. You won't stay here forever. Everything in life is seasons. So if you're in a difficult place, you keep your face toward God. You're going to come out and you're going to find his love to be sweeter than it was the day before. So hold steady. He gives us the gift of righteousness that accompanies our salvation. In him we have new life. He gives us the gift of peace. Jesus said in John fourteen twenty seven, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Have you ever went through a difficult place? And the only way that you stood was the peace of God. You should have crumbled. You should have caved. You should have broken down. But somehow, in the middle of the storm, you find yourself being held up and held together. And it's that peace of God that passes all understanding that you can't explain it. You just know it's there because you know Him He gives us the gift of Holy Spirit... He gives the Holy Spirit without limit. He lives within us, giving life to our mortal bodies. He said, I'm going to go away. And when I do, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Not only is he going to be with you, but he's going to be in you. And he's going to give life to your mortal body. He's going to teach you the things that I've already been telling you. He's going to bring truth to you. He's going to convict you. He's going to comfort you, but he's going to be with you always. And then he gives the gift of eternal life because he loves us. We deserve death. We deserve more than what we have. But he gives us the gift of eternal life because he loves us. 1 John three, 3 and 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is because It did not know him. Rob Jansen says, God's love flows into us deeply and redefines who we are at the very core of our soul. When we open our hearts to God's love, we are transformed by it. We are remade, regenerated into children of God. But we also need to understand this. In his great love for us, or I should say out of his great love for us, Because he loves us, he'll correct us at times. He'll convict us. He'll draw us back in. He'll chasten us. He'll prune us. He'll chastise us. Because he loves us. We do that again. I said that earlier for our children. Because we want them to grow up and be able to... blend in with humanity and have respect and hold a job and 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 have good values and good morals so we train them and we correct them and we chasten them the lord does that for us as well because he loves us proverbs 3 and 12 says for whom the love lord whom the lord loves he reproves even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights hebrews 12 and 6 reaffirms this Wisdom from the Proverbs. He said for those whom the Lord loves. He disciplines. And he scourges every son. Whom he receives. God loves us too much. To leave us in unhealthy patterns. In unhealthy ways and to leave us broken down. He's a God of wholeness. He's a God of of completeness and wellness. Pastor uses the scripture a lot that the thief comes, but not for to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his whole motive all the time, always. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And how? It more abundantly. And I don't believe that's just when we get to heaven that we're going to be completely whole. But the more we look into the word of God, that's why I'm so looking forward even to this weekend, to even what God is going to do in the lives of many women. The more we look into God's face and we look into his word and we look in that perfect law of liberty we cannot help but be changed from one degree of glory to another. It's just going to happen, and when we are changed, then wholeness begins to come. The places that were broken down, the places that were uh that were bitter that had been hurt, we begin to uh see things differently. We can begin to love like God loves. I remember going through a time and and being hurt and and had um, I held on to some things I didn't realize it. Have you ever held on to something and didn't realize it until Holy Spirit puts his finger on it? And somebody years ago led me into forgiveness and what that looks like. It's an act of our will. It's not because, it's not because we feel it, because this flesh never feels like forgiving. Never, fa- never feels like moving on. So as an act of our will, according to your word, Lord, as you've forgiven me, I forgive and I named that person. And I had to do it a few times because once that wound was reopened that I had kind of closed and thought we're just not going to deal with it, I had to keep saying that for a few days. But before long, my heart began to soften. And I began to have a love for this person that at one time hurt me and I was really upset with. And then I began to see, I feel like God helped me to see them in a different light. And I begin to pray for them and have compassion on them because I realized that out of their hurt, they hurt other people. And sometimes when we begin to let God restore us and heal us, it will bring wholeness because we'll begin to see people and things in a different light. And I think sometimes even in the world around us, it's easy to judge and say, look at that person and look at the sin they're in and look at they're involved. And in. I can't believe that they're doing all that. But, but the, for the grace of God, go I. And sometimes even when I've seen people hurt, I said, we have to think of it like this. We have that same capacity to hurt other people. And maybe we have. And not realized it. So maybe we need to give grace in other places. Because we need that same kind of grace. We need that same kind of love. And that's what God's love does for us. Draws us in. Pursues us. Then draws us in. Then helps us to love with his love. Because these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love will break down a lot of walls. It'll heal families. It'll heal families. It'll help heal your own heart. And God, more than anything, and I just felt this so strong this week, wants to lavish his love on us. I pray That as you're driving down the road, you're mowing the lawn, you're washing dishes, you're doing something. That God surprises you with an avalanche of his love. And you're overtaken. And all you can do is weep. And I pray that in that moment you don't stop those tears. You don't square your shoulders and say that's for the weak. But you let those tears flow. And in that moment I pray that God... Begins to restore you from the inside out. It doesn't matter how old we are. We need restoration. We need healing because we're products of a broken world. We're products of broken people. And God's love is the greatest healing balm in Gilead that there is. He lavishes that love on us. As we walk in these seasons of uncertainty and the potential for lukewarmness, and I'm closing out with this, Jude 121 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Pay attention. Don't let yourself get lukewarm when you feel yourself starting to get frustrated at people, bitterness, unforgiveness, check yourself, bring yourself back into alignment with the word and keep yourself in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Stay the course, hold the line, be rather than appear to be. Humble yourself. Get down on your face and cry it out if you have to, thresh it out, flesh it out. I don't like that part, but I'm telling you, when you're done and you get up off that floor or out of the chair or wherever you are, it'll be like a weight has been lifted off of you. God is a redeeming God. He is a healing God. He is a God of peace and of power and of anointing that breaks yokes. And he doesn't want any of us bound under a yoke that is not from him. 1 Peter 4 and 8 says, Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another. Because love covers a multitude of sin. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best of others. And I want you to understand me right now. In no way am I saying that we should become doormats and let people walk over us, say anything that they want to say to us, in no way am I saying that we need to give in to the brazen spirits of the world that wants us to cave and agree with everything, but you can walk in love and in authority and in confidence without giving in to the things of the world or without entertaining the world, but still being strong. It is It, it does very little good anymore to argue with the brazen spirits of the world, but I'm going to tell you, when you walk in love and you walk in confidence of the word of God, It will do its own work of conviction. It will do its own work of breaking down walls that are there and bringing people into the love of Christ. And I just pray that you will begin by letting God show his love to you. I know he wants to do it.